Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey everybody, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. And if you're just joining us, this is the second hour of the show. Um, here on the Sun Radio Network, this portion of Barbecue Nation is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. And it's ranching the way nature intended. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Well, if you listen to our first hour of the show this week, we had Max Good on. And Max has been gracious enough to stick with us for the second hour to talk about all those grill smokers, charcoal cookers, stick burners, Blow torches, whatever you want uh, that you might think dad might need for a uh, Father's Day gift. So welcome back, Max. I'm glad you stayed with us. Hey, my pleasure, Jeff. No worries, my friend. So we were talking about, um, we talked a lot about pellet grills in the first hour. We talked a little bit about the Weber. Um, and I just lost the name again, Max. We just talked about the it. Smoke fire. The smoke fire. Thank you. And. But a lot of people are still traditionalists. They just want kind of like a Weber kettle or, or some basic form of charcoal cooker. What should people look at, look for, and what do you recommend? Well, when it's a basic charcoal grill, I, I, Weber kind of sets the standard, you know, for a very reasonable price, you know. Um, the, the main things I, you know, I mentioned uh, that I have this trilogy of how-to videos. I do have a how-to-buy-a-charcoal grill video on YouTube that, where I really try to go through and cover the, the things you really want to look for. What you want to look for is solid, tight construction. And by that, I mean you want a closed system uh, where no random air is let into the cook box yeah. and none gets out either. You control it because if you control the air, you control the oxygen and that means you control the fire and that means you control your cooking temperature. So that's what you want. If you have a rickety piece of junk, there's going to, you know, it's going to leak like sieve. Um, yeah. He'll be screwing around with the vents trying to, you know, you open the vents up to, to increase the temperature for hot and you close them down to decrease the temperature for moderate cooking. But if if those vents are, are loose and wobbly and the lid is wobbly and you, it's it's leaking like crazy, uh, it's they'll work a bit, but they won't work good. That's why I kind of they, they set the standard. That's says Weber kettles, and now there's variations too. There's other companies that make kettles. Some of them are pretty cheap. Um, I was talking to someone recently at uh, uh, I was at WGN Radio. A uh, real interesting woman, R- Raleigh James, uh, and she said, "Well, can't you just get one for like thirty nine ninety nine?" I said, "Look, you know, at a certain point, you, you're going to get what you pay for, and something like that is probably 
not going to be good, and it's going to give you the problems I just described. Whereas for 80 bucks, you get a full-size butt-stripped-down version of Weber Kettle, and it's going to work well, you know. And then for a bit more, you can get something with more features on like their one-touch ash removal system, which is very convenient. But, um, you know, they're affordable. Then you can go and get fancier stuff, you know, like Hasty Bake makes some great charcoal grills that do everything. We call them the Swiss Army Knife of uh, charcoal because <laughs> they're great smokers. They're great grills. They have an adjustable height charcoal uh, tray that allows you to bring that charcoal fire right up underneath the grate if you're searing steaks or drop it down low if you're doing low and slow cooking. Um you know, and then there's the Kamados, too, if you want charcoal. Uh, oftentimes we think of them as being separate, and they really are, but they burn charcoal. Right. Does the charcoal make any difference? I mean, we talked about this a little bit, but, you know, Kingsford's kind of the big dog out there, if you want, especially briquette charcoal. And But sometimes you go into a store, even like a Safeway store or something, and they have their own quote-unquote signature brand, because that's Safeway's deal. And um, are those as good as Kingsford or? Well, here's the problem. And this holds true for wood pellets, too. Um, You want to stick with a a brand you know and trust, Uh, especially if you're moving around a little bit. You know, um, it's like you're up there in the Northwest. You might have access to different brands that I don't over here in Chicago. Sure. um, But we all have access to... Kingsford. And a nice thing about Kingsford briquettes is that they're very consistent and they are good. You know, we hear people could belly aching about them. Some people go, ah, you always hear the story that's about everything these days. Well, they don't make them as good as they used to, you know. I guess that's been <laughs> being said for thousands of years, but uh, they, whatever, if whatever may or may not have changed, the, the, at the end of the day, Kingsford blue bag, original briquettes, are very consistent, and I would I definitely advise people to start with those. And until you feel like you whatever you're cooking on, until you feel like I'm really getting good with this, you know, I'm I'm starting to master this. I'm gonna I'm getting it so it's starting to sing my tune. You know, right? If I want to smoke something, I could do it. If I want to sear stuff, I can do it. If I want to keep the thing running for hours while I grill tons and tons of hamburgers for everybody for, you know, 4th of July, I can do that too. Uh, but if you start playing around with different types of charcoal, now you've thrown um, another variable in there, you know. I, I'm not saying gin, but get, get know your grill first, and to know your charcoal grill, you have to know your charcoal. So I do recommend starting with Kingsford Original. We call it Blue Bag because it's blue and white. Yeah. Now, what, uh, Max, let me interrupt you. Let me ask you something. You see, and I think even Kingsford does this. Sometimes they put, like, they'll say it's mesquite with real mesquite wood or uh, real hickory, something like that. Uh, when the when the companies are doing that, are they just as they're compressing and making the actual charcoal? Because we talked about that in the first segment. Um, are they just putting extra little pieces and they're little slivers? They're not chunks. They're mm-hmm. there. If you pick up a piece of, of a briquette and you look at it, it's kind of mm-hmm. like little specks in there. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I, I guess I haven't looked into it deeply, but I've I've used that stuff and I've seen it, and I I think you've described it accurately. So I've, the obvious thing is, yeah, they're just mixing it in. I mean, the stuff's made from sawdust, compressed, and they I would assume they just have a recipe where they, you know, they have this much regular material for charcoal that they're going to compress into briquettes, and they add this much shredded up or pulverized wood to yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, to um, to give it that effect, uh, and yeah, again, you know, once once you're adept, know your grill, know your charcoal, and you say, now I'm ready to experiment a little bit and get more adventurous. That's great. You, it, that's fine. So give it a try. See what you think. You know, um, smoke flavor is is very uh, much for, for uh, individual choice. Some people like mild smoke some people like heavy smoke you know the the competition guys always go for light clean smoke but um we were probably talking about with the pellet smokers how some people complain that the smoke is too mild for them uh so it's up it's up to the individual's taste you know it's kind of like smoke is a flavoring like salt it's some people like more or less yeah uh we've got about three minutes here before we have to go to break because i know we'd get in on this the Kamado style charcoal grills. There's a new one out called the Monolith, and I think it's from Barbecue Guru out there, mm-hmm. Bob Trudnack. Have you looked at those? I haven't cooked on one. I've looked at them, and I actually wrote something up on them at AmazingRibs.com. If people would like to get my two cents, I, I mean, they look like they're very nice Kamados, well built. As I recall, they have a lot, a lot of uh, quality stainless steel parts. Um, they don't seem uh, just as a Kamado, uh, it, they seem just like a good, solid Kamado, good, good, pretty decent value, as I recall again <laughs> yeah. in a while. Uh, their claim to fame, though, is that they've integrated their barbecue guru, one of their barbecue guru um, uh, fan systems that controls your temperature digitally. And, uh, and the way that works uh, for your audience, if you don't know, is that uh, these these systems are a combination of thermometers and temperature sensing equipment that hooks onto the side of a of a charcoal grill or in this case a Kamado anything that's burning charcoal or wood um, and uh, they you can actually you put a you put a temperature probe inside. And that senses the temperature, your cooking temperature, inside the cook box. And then on the outside somewhere, you have the unit itself, and it's got a digital display, tells you, um, you know, numeric uh, settings. And you could say, I want to set this for 225 degrees Fahrenheit. And then a fan hooks up to usually towards the bottom of your grill or smoker, and it regulates the air going in. And here again, that's how you regulate the temperature. Sure. So when the uh, temperature probe inside says, oh, I'm dro- temperature's dropping below 225, and they'll have a plus minus threshold, when it drops too low, it kicks the fan on. And the fan, uh, you know, goose- gooses the, the, the yeah. fire of the charcoal and increases the temperature. Now it's going over 225, and it says, that's enough now, shut it off. And that cycle just repeats. It's basically, if you stand next to your kitchen oven for any length of time, you'll hear 
the control system kick in and out on your on your gas oven too. Right. Um, so that's all it's doing. Uh, but uh, the barbecue guru, the, the monoliths, uh, uh, it's you can add those systems to pretty much any Kamado. So and they've been selling them for, to Kamado owners and smoker owners and kettle owners for years, and they're wonderful. Everybody loves them. But that's uh, the only wrinkle, if you could even call it that, with the monolith. Yeah, I understand. Uh, Max and I are going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation, and we're going to be back in just a couple minutes. Please stay with us. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, and we're talking with Max Good from AmazingRibs.com. Max makes his living testing grills and smokers and barbecues. And uh, besides, he's a good guy and he's got his own line of sauces and lots of things, irons in the fire, no pun intended, but he is the resident expert on, on, um, on grills out there. Also real quickly, if you want to email us, it's info I N F O at the cowboycook.com. You can do that and uh, stick around the next couple of weeks. We're going to be giving away some subscri- subscriptions. If I can talk this morning, uh, to the National Barbecue News. So you want, might want to pay attention to that. Anyway, back to Max Good. We're talking about grills. Let's jump over to the big topic, Max, which is gas grills. Um, yeah. We're probably going to chew up in this segment and then part of the next one on this, but most of the people in the United States cook on gas grills. Um, that is true. And, man, you can find them from 99 bucks to 9000 bucks or more. So more, yeah. Yeah. Um I've had a couple of those five thousand plus ones and you know, they were great. Um most of them have a lot of good features like airplane landing lights and stuff, but really really <laughs> yeah, in, most of them are yeah. heavy duty stainless steel, you know, really built to last. Yeah, absolutely. But for it's somebody that's gonna go shopping for dad and let's say they've got a budget of somewhere between three hundred and fifty and six hundred and fifty dollars. Um, cause they want to make dad really happy. What, first of all, what should people be looking for when they're looking for a gas grill? And secondly, what are some that, that you've tested that you'd be happy to recommend in that range? 350 to 650. Yeah. 700, somewhere in there. Um, well, yeah, okay. Here, here again, you can get. Some Weber's in that range, and Spirit Line. Um, they have their Q series as well. Um, I, Spirit is is pretty good. Good solid grill. It's going to last forever. Um, Charbroil makes some good stuff. Uh, I I really actually do like their. Um, they call them the commercial series now. I, I'm not sure. If actually, they they keep they keep. Uh, <laughs> They keep me guessing over there at Charbroil. They keep coming up with these new things and tweaking things and renaming them. And uh, but they used to call them their true infrared line. They still do call certain models true infrared, and uh, they bill them as uh, the most forgiving gas grill out there. And it's true. Uh, the way they do it is they uh, 
most gas grills have heat tents. Weber calls them flavorizer bars. They're like uh, uh, inverted V-shaped uh, steel uh, material that goes right on top of the burners, and that also that protects the burners you know, from gunk dripping from above, and it also disperses the heat, so you get more even heat. Otherwise, you'd have it would be real hot right over the burner, and between the burners, it would be quite cooler. This right. radiates the heat. Uh, Charbroil takes a a sheet of metal with perforations in it and places it right under the cooking grate. And the burners underneath then um, heat that that uh, metal sheet up and provide radiant heat, which means you don't get a lot of convection heat. Convection heat uh, will come from the the lower section of a of a gas grill, and it's hot air. Hot air dries your food out. Uh, also, you get flare-ups uh, that would, you know, when, when heavy grease hits uh, those those heat tents or flavorizer bars, it, it can, at high temperatures, flare up and burn your foods above on the cooking grate. Uh, this pretty much eliminates that, too, because, you know, you don't, the, the, the greases can't drop down onto the live fire burners or, and um, so hence they're, they're claim that it's a forgiving grill is, is very true. Um, so I do like those. They're not, they're not as well made as, as Weber's, but they're not junk either. Uh, and some have some really cool features on them too. Uh, who else? Broil King makes great stuff. You can find them. They have a interesting, um, dual, they call them dual tube burners. Um, they're, they're, you know, we've all seen those tube burners. That's oh, sure. most, what you're going to see uh, when you look inside of a gas grill, tube burners. They're just straight tubes with uh, perforations in them, and they conduct the gas from the front to the back of the grill, and uh, little flames come out of them, and that's what heats them up. Well, this has a, a thinner tube inside the main tube. The idea is it's supposed to even the fuel out from front to back. Um, and they are, they do cook very even, but the big thing I like about Royal King gas grills is they're powerful. They don't even make models with sear burners because those things can get really hot without sear burners. So with, when it comes to gas, the more power, the more heat, the better. A lot of them have very limited temperature ranges uh, and can't really sear steaks very well. And there's, uh, there's cures for that or things that can mitigate that. But when you have gas burners, like we're talking about those expensive grills that cost several grand, a lot of times they have, they have burners that when you're uncooking, you you can take them out of the grill and jump on top and fly across the country on them. I mean, they're just powerful. You know? Yeah. Uh, and then others have sear burners. They're dedicated burners on infrared burners that can do good searing. But if they don't have things like that, if they just have kind of standard burners, more often than not, they're going to have. They're going to struggle to get high temps, whereas Royal King's gas grills do not. They they're powerful. Um, I mean, there's a million of them out there. I, you know, to to go over them all. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, you know, if you're going to go down to a big box store, they have some low end stuff. You can even buy barbecues in grocery stores. And yeah, pharmacies. Yeah. Well, and caution stuff. people. I mean, again, almost like in, in some ways, like what we talked about with the uh, go with brands you know that are reputable. If you see, I mean, there's a lot of 
most of the things we're talking about are made in China. I have nothing bad to say about Chinese manufacturers. You know, they they can make great stuff, you know, right. but they get a reputation for our oh, stuff made in China is cheap. It's like, well, that's because uh, they were contracted to make cheap stuff, you right. know, so that you can buy it for cheap. That was the idea. If uh, if if they have a client who says, "I want the best. I want good stuff," uh, they can make it. Um, but but you want to go with brands, you know. Another one that I tested recently that I really liked uh, is Cuisinart three in one uh, stainless steel five burner gas grill. You can get it at Walmart for three hundred and fifty bucks. Five burner grill. We got to take a break here. We're running. Oh sure, okay. But we'll be back. We'll pick this up on the other side. You're listening to Barbecue Nation on the Sun and Vision Radio Network, and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm your host, JT, and we're talking with Max Good from Amazing Ribs and Black Swan Spices. Uh, before we chat with Max again, Painted Hills Natural Beef from the heart of the Pacific Northwest comes a beef product you can feel good about. In fact, it's beef the way nature intended. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Also, you can find the show if you can't hear it on the radio or if you want to listen to it again later. We are on SoundCloud, Captivate, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, CastBox, blah, 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 blah. I think there's 14 of them now. So you can find us out there. You just go Barbecue Nation JT. And that's it. And lastly, if you want to email us, it's info at thecowboycook.com. So, all right, let's get back and talk with Max Good. We were talking about gas grills. Um, I Sometimes I think people get a little confused, Max, about the difference between natural gas and propane. And really, the grills function the same. It's just a different kind of regulator that they have inside the grill. Natural gas is... is is nice if you uh, if you have a gas outlet on your deck uh, because you don't have to keep running to the hardware store and getting full uh, LP tanks. Yep. There are some differences in them, but uh, <clears throat> natural gas actually costs less. You use more of it because it's not as dense as L- liquid pet- liquid propane uh, LP tanks, uh, but the 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 price is so much lower; it's still more economical. One, um, so that's nice when you know that you don't have to worry about running out of gas. I'm sure it's happened <laughs> to all of us. You go out there and you go, "Oh, I'm almost done. I'm running inside to grab a beer or chop up some onions or whatever." You come back out. What happened? Oh, I ran out of gas. You know that won't happen with when you have a gas line, as long as you pay your bill, Jeff. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> you know, it's that's actually happened to me when I was doing. Uh, some um, corporate VIP tailgate parties and couldn't really remember from week to week on how much we'd used in the tank the previous week. And so then about the third game in, I remembered and it was late. So we just always had a backup tank with us. Um, Well, that's whenever you're cooking with LP, it's always, you definitely should have backup tanks. And make sure you replenish them too, so you don't end up 
jumping in the car, <laughs> yep. running up to just finish up your, your dinner. Um, but uh, the, the downside, though, that I've heard horror stories with natural gas people is um, there's actually been stories of people that left their grill going and took off for the weekend and came back, and now their grill's all messed up. And yeah, I mean, obviously, that's even a fire hazard, you know. Oh, uh, sure. I'm sure most people don't do that, but if it can happen, it will happen, yeah. Yeah, you got to be careful of that stuff. A uh, fellow that uh, was one of the um, uh, managers, corporate managers at a station I used to work at, kind of did that. He had a little, um, fire, um, what do I call it, big chief smoker and oh, pe- yeah. pellet smoker. Mm-hmm. And we use them a lot out here because there's a lot of fish. And right. a lot of people will smoke their fish in that. You won't smoke anything else in it after you've smoked a few fish in it because you, mm-hmm. you just don't want to do that. So a lot of people have a couple of them. But he left his on uh, like over a weekend and came back and it actually burned a hole through his deck. He lived on the second floor and um, in a condo complex. And so there was a hole in his deck and it had actually gone down and hit the neighbor's deck and then the neighbor found it eventually and put it out, unplugged it, you know, that type of thing. He must have had a hell of a long extension cord on it is the only thing I can oh, say. Geez. But, yeah, he, uh, he <clears throat> his wife had forbade him from uh, uh, smoking fish or anything anymore. They got they got it done commercially. So there you go. Uh, when well, you, that might be better in the long run anyway. That's, you always hear, you know, we, we caution people if, uh, when they're cold smoking and those those are often that's often what they're doing because even professional facilities that do smoked salmon you're there's you're constantly seeing the news they're recalling stuff right and uh you could get pretty sick or even worse from from uh poorly cold smoked stuff because it's a uh, pathogen breeding territory when you're trying to smoke anything uh in the low temperature ranges. It can be. I mean, I actually, I've got an old firebox, side firebox stick smoker. And I've got the little chiefs and big chiefs in those. And I've got a gas smoker that those guys make. It's very good. Works great. But I also like to use the the old stick smoker and just, you know, put a little fire in there and, and just keep it pretty constant and keep that salmon filet or whatever I'm doing smoking. Um it works out pretty good, and there's no uh, no chance of that particular smoker, anything from there coming into contact with one of my other grills. You know what I mean? That's kind of my mm-hmm. that's my go to thing now. So you know, I am careful about that when I do it. Uh, you've got to be talk about high end grills. We've got a few minutes here, Max. To talk about high end grills. We kind of covered that three fifty to six fifty range there. You want to get up into the thousand to five thousand. Um, you know you've got, uh, well, you've got Twin Eagles. Their lower brand is like a used to be a Delta, I think, and then you, oh yeah, Delta, yeah. Um, the, Twin Eagles makes great stuff. Yeah, and, uh, Delta Heat. Um, a lot of them do have their, I guess they call them entry level lines, but you know they're still more expensive than. Well, most people, most people want to be in the range we just discussed and even lower. But, you know, if you want something better and you can afford it, you'll like it. Yeah. Um, 
And Twin Eagles and their Delta Heat line, those those are really great stuff. Twin Eagles is, is gorgeous. Uh, oh, yeah. They make fantastic stuff. Um, but you could spend even more than that. <laughs> you know, oh, little, oh, yeah. No, no end of these luxury grill. And oh. now Heston has really made a big splash for themselves. Uh, um, they come from actual commercial cooking equipment and uh, a few years ago started making outdoor cookers and they've really uh, found a, a big market for their for their products, which are really good. We tested one of them and and just loved it. But, you know, the one we tested was 8000 bucks. Yeah, know? right. Yeah, and Heston's line below that is Aspire, and that's their kind of entry-level thing. Those are in mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. $3,500 range, I think, like that. But all these grills that we're talking about, folks, are made for people that are very serious um, people well, and also, and also people have outdoor are, kitchens. That people that can afford it. Too. Right. I mean, you know, there's no way to get around it. Uh, a lot of they they know that they have a, a smaller demographic. You know, just like Ferrari does. You know, they're not they're not trying to compete with Ford. You know, hey, did you see the movie? Yeah, right. <laughs> Ford, that was a good one, by the way. Uh, but you know, that's um, it's this is for people who buy Rolex watches. You know, uh, people who don't shop at Walmart, and that's fine. <laughs> there's there's a there's a need for that, but uh, you know, to spend several thousand dollars on a gas grill, there's uh, you know, that's a, a small percentage of people in this country that would do it. I, I'm not putting it down. I mean, they're, they're fantastic grills, you know, they're not saying they're not worth the money anyway, in any way. Um, it's just, you got to have the money. You don't want to take, you don't want to go in debt to buy a gas grill. No, you don't. Or at least I think most people don't. No. Um, on the, uh, what I will call the mid level, the thousand dollar gas grill to a, you know, 15, 1600, somewhere in there. Weber makes a nice, they got their Genesis line and some other mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. in there. I have one of those. They're very nice grills. Um, they come in some different colors, you know, um, and, and for aesthetic reasons. And I think those are very nice. And really, I think that people that are kind of serious grillers um, and they've got the money to do it. I like the Weber products there on the gas line. Well, yeah, Weber earns their good reputation. Um, they make good stuff. They back it up with fantastic customer service. Um, and, yeah, it's Genesis is a nice line. Uh, um, they had a little misstep a few years ago when they came up with the Genesis 2 line. It was had some questionable features. And I, I kept thinking, you know, you hear, you, there's an old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Everybody right. loved Genesis. And they came up with these new ideas that were, what? And um, a couple years after that, <laughs> they basically went back to you know, the, the, the pretty much what they had. I mean, with some changes, they, uh, upgrades or whatever. whatever. They, they tweaked a few things, but brought it back to more what it was and now it's what we hope for. You know, I have a, a Genesis 2 3 burner with a sear burner, too, and it's it's great. You know, solid, well-made for the money, you know, priced, uh, you know, within a, a regular person's reach. Right. Uh, even, you know, somebody 
many of your listeners probably wouldn't spend a thousand dollars or a little more on a gas roll, and that's okay. You don't have to, but if you got the money and you want something that's that'll last, that's it's a, a nice choice. Oh, absolutely. No, and they're solid. Uh, I've moved mine around a number of times and used it at the um, tailgaters a few times and that, and it still just keeps on going. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, if you're going to do that, I mean, you've got other ones you, and we've only got a few seconds left before we got to go to break max, but you've got Napoleon and, mm -hmm. and some other brands like that, that are, can get up there a little bit in price. Most all of them will do the job. Part of it is aesthetics. What I think you would like to see on your deck too, or your patio or your driveway. Well, that's true. And you know, some people, I bring that up, um, and some people go, oh, come on, I don't care what color it is. I don't care what it looks like. I go, well, maybe you don't care, but maybe somebody else does. I mean, there's a reason why uh, they make these different models. There's a reason why some companies offer them in different colors. You know, somebody else does care about it, and so they try to address that. Right. You know? We're going to take a break. I'm going to be back. We'll wrap up hour two with our good friend Max Good from Amazing Ribs right after this. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I am JT. You guys are not, and be thankful for that. Uh, we're talking with Max Good today from AmazingRibs.com. Max makes his living, um, didn't always do that, but makes his living testing barbecues and smokers and all kinds of things for uh, Amazing Ribs. Now, we've got a few minutes here, Max. We've talked about pretty much everything. Um, here's what I recommend. If somebody, if you're going to buy an offset smoker, a stick smoker uh, for your husband, maybe they should have given you uh, a wish list with a model number and stuff mm. like that, because a lot of those uh, units are, are different. Some of them can get quite spendy. Um, other ones you can buy for 170 bucks. Some you can buy cheaper than that. So that's my advice. What's yours? Well, the first thing I strongly advise is don't buy the cheap ones. They're, uh, they're frustration in a box, you know, um, take, take a look at, uh, again, take a look at my, my new how to buy a smoker video on YouTube. Uh, I try to run through, uh, the first, I, I put it in segments, Jeff, like, but I start out with offset smokers, also known as stick burners. And, um, I, I think I touch on some good points, but a lot of the advice I'd have, uh, is similar to what we talked about with charcoal grills. You need to have air control. And furthermore, with those things, you want really heavy metal, <clears throat> which means shipping them around is going to cost some dough, too. Uh, a lot of people who buy them will actually find a... Uh, they, every every steel fabrication company, coast to coast, um, that has a barbecue lunatic under the, the roof there <laughs> is going to offer uh, smokers. And you, I can almost say for sure, wherever you live... Within a, a driving distance, there's going to be somebody making 
these big auto smokers. Yep. So a lot of people that have the vehicle that they can work with or run a, some kind of U-Haul thing or something will go pick the dang thing up to save, you know, it could be, well, hundreds of dollars to ship those heavy things. Oh, yeah. If you don't want to go to Home Depot and get some lightweight tin can, they're just awful to work with, you know. They're they're thin metal. They won't hold heat in. They leak like crazy. Uh, I had one, and you know, my saying on that is that people think of them, and I thought of it as a starter smoker, but now I think of them as ender smokers. <laughs> the day I dragged that thing out to my curb on garbage day was one of the happiest days of my life. I uh, They're just horrible. Now, you talk to people, though, that, um, a lot of old retired guys who love buying those and mod- modifying them. You're going to the hardware store, they're buying all this stuff, they're buying insulation, they're buying new uh, parts for it and all that. And okay, you know, if you want to amuse yourself, but at the end end of the day, Jeff, if you would have spent the money the day that you fired it up from the first, the first time, you'd, it'd be easier to use and you get better results. Now you've been cooking on it for a year. It's even easier to use and you're getting even better results. And if you had like an AB of a, if you had your, your, <laughs> Your frugal twin next door, and they had started with a $200 offset from Home Depot or anywhere, uh, and you had spent a thousand bucks or so and got a good one. A year later, you'd be smoking circles around the guy and uh, and sitting there smoking a cigar and drinking a cocktail too while he's busy <laughs> trying to maintain his, maintain his temperature and fiddling around with the dang thing. Max, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I'm not going to burst your bubble with that. Fish smoker I have, that's one of those $150 units from Home Depot, and I bought it in 1990, and I still <laughs> and I still have it, but I've taken really good care of it, okay? So okay. That's, well, I'm glad it works for you. You know, I'm just saying what – here again, though, and I, I, if you're happy with it, that's fine. That's the main thing. I just never but had the heart had to gotten, throw it away. <laughs> well, if you had gotten one that was a higher quality, that was solid and heavy metal – I can also promise you, though, that it, what I when I say they're easier to use and have get better results, that that is the case. So, oh yeah, keep no. that in mind. <laughs> I'm not I'm not discounting anything you said by any stretch. I just got lucky. I got one that was when you close the lid, it actually closed. When you uh, shut the vent on the firebox, it actually shut. I'm not so sure about that what? anymore because that's kind of rusty. Well, wait, now wait a minute. Let's back up a little though. What brand is it? It's a new Brunsfeld. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that that's what I suspected. Um, those actual. Well, is it made with heavy metal? Does it have thick metal construction? Yes. In the in the ball or in the body and the firebox especially is is fairly heavy metal. It's okay. And here's here's why that is different. That's why when you started talking so glowingly about it, I thought I bet he's got new Brunsfelds. Or Brinkman. Yep. Um, it's you know what those those really are is Oklahoma Joe uh, smokers, because Charbroil bought Oklahoma Joe back when they made quarter inch thick, heavy duty uh, pro smokers. Teams were were winning like mad using Oklahoma Joes. Uh, Charbroil bought Oklahoma Joe, and they wanted the idea was it was supposed to be run by New Braunfels. Right. And uh, I don't want to get into the sort of details, but I spoke with uh, Roger Davidson, who was um, 
who was one of the owners of, of uh, Oklahoma Joe's, he uh, basically feels like he got thrown out on the street by Charbroil, and he went to Baxter Brinkman when Brinkman was still um, around <laughs> and uh, proposed to make uh, smokers for him. So there's a, a while where they, those great smokers were done under New Braunfels. Right. But then right after that, they were done under the Brinkman name, believe it or not, because most Brinkman stuff, when it, they were still in business, was not quality. Uh, but there was a time for a couple years when they were making really heavy-duty, high-quality offset smokers. Uh, but then uh, Davidson split from there and started his own company, which is Horizon. Now you're, you know, you're talking about they make some economy models that were around 900 bucks or so. Sure. You know, and then they go up from there, the big trailer units, and you know you could spend tons and tons of money if you like. But that's why you like yours. Cause you, but if you had bought one of those tin cans no. that you'd get today, uh, you might not like it as much. No, no. And, and you know I've actually had people <clears throat> come and talk to me, and they see that thing sitting out back behind the shed so to speak but it still works great gives out great flavor um you kind of set that fire and and you're going you know um and it is heavy you scored on that one jeff i did one of my my old neighbor had a brinkman like that and i mean you go up to it and go why does why does it have a brinkman logo on it this can't be brinkman nope it is yep. quarter inch thick steel <laughs> yeah yep. it's, it's all rusty now and everything he doesn't care it's just the things that tank. yep uh we got to get out of here max is going to stick around for a few minutes for after hours with me because we're going to be talking about accessories but for the regular show, we've got to get out of here. I thank my friend Max Good from AmazingRibs.com. Thank and you for having me on, Jeff. Anytime, Max. And don't forget his Black Swan uh, sauces. And we will be back next week with another edition of Barbecue Nation here on the Sun and Vision Radio Network. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.